This artist, he calls himself 7 Gen. He is one of the, if not the, hottest hip-hop artists in Kazakhstan today. Kazakhstan is a hub in Central Asia of hip-hop culture and hip-hop music. They love hip-hop in Central Asia. Thank you, 7 Gen. You know, an interesting fact 7 Gen is the seventh son and was born in the seventh month. That's where he gets his name from. Thank you, sir. I will post his information on my IG page, guys. All right, we are back. <laughs> we are back, guys. Another current event episode. I have seen the news. And I really, really want everyone to be plugged into what's going on. And what I've noticed is Russia has a lot to do with some of the protesting and some of the current turmoil in the world. Speaking of turmoil, today's episode is called Oil and Turmoil. The protests in Kazakhstan. All right. I didn't know much about the country before I started doing research and it is fascinating and I can't wait to share some of the stuff I learned with you guys all right first things first if you guys have a second please please I'm asking everyone subscribe turn on your notifications so you know when our episodes are coming out you know when a new episode has been released also if you have a few seconds just a few seconds subscribe follow us and if you have a few minutes <laughs> which would be nice Please give us a review. All right? Let us know how we're doing. I'm always open to suggestions, to comments. So let's go. All right? We want to really break into the top 100. It's hard to do as a lofty goal, but in 2022, we want to get there, guys. I appreciate everyone. Special thank you to my international listeners. I know you're taking out time from your day. Wherever you are, Germany, the Netherlands, Jamaica, Ireland, Senegal, I hear you, I see you. 
I just want to give you guys a shout out. Thank you so much, Canada. Thank you guys. You guys really make this podcasting a lot of fun. And I hope everyone is learning something because that is my goal. I just want to spread knowledge and I want to spread our voice, the ape army's voice to the masses. All right. Current events is important, right? International relations, really important to understand because remember, we are world citizens. We are citizens of the world. We're citizens of our respective nations. But not only that, we are plugged in with everyone across the world. So what affects Kazakhstan might one day affect us. So let's learn a little bit. I learned a lot researching this podcast. Okay, so I have a few sources. My first and my main source is the BBC. Then I use Encyclopedia Britannica. And of course, I use Wikipedia. But when I use Wikipedia, I always validate the information and the sources. So we're good to go, guys. All right, first things first. Let's talk about it. Where is Kazakhstan? Where is it? And I'm first things first. <laughs> Let's go back. I said first things first twice. I want to apologize if I slaughter any names for anyone who's who's in Russia, Central Asia, that whole area. If I am butchering these names, I'm so sorry. All right. I'm a Yankee. My wife calls me a Yankee. That means I'm from the north. My wife's from the south. I'm from the north. So I have this like monotone pronunciation of everything. So just give me some grace, man. Just give me a little bit of mercy, okay? All right, so where is Kazakhstan? Where is it? Well, it's in Central Asia, all right? And I've already mentioned that like four times, but I'm going to really nail that home. Kazakhstan officially named the Republic of Kazakhstan is a country located in Central Asia. It borders Russia in the north and the west, China in the east, Uzbekistan and Turkmenistan in the south, okay? Actually, it's Turkmenistan. The capital is Nur Sultan, formerly known as Aslana. Almaty is the country's largest city and the previous capital up until 1997. All right, so the capital was moved in 97. Fun fact, I did not know this. This is fascinating. Kazakhstan is the world's largest landlocked country meaning it's not bordered by any water. It's also the world's largest Muslim-majority country by land area and the ninth largest country in the entire freaking world, which is amazing. Its population of 18.8 million has one of the lowest population densities in the world. There's fewer than six people per square kilometer or, in American terms, 15 per square mile, okay? So they have 18 million people and most of them are concentrated in the urban areas or the around the urban areas. And once you get away from there, the population density drops like a rock. So I'm sure there you can go hundreds of miles without seeing a single person, all right? So that's a pretty good-sized population, 18.8 million. And considering it's the ninth largest country in the world, that's pretty That's pretty impressive. That's incredible. And it's the dominant nation of Central Asia, both economically and politically. So it's the big dog of Central Asia. Everything in Central Asia runs through Kazakhstan, all right? Generating 60% of the region's GDP, gross domestic product, primarily through its prosperous, prosperous oil and gas industry, all right? So it has a huge oil and gas industry, and that is what really is attracting 
attracting the billions and billions of dollars of foreign investment. It also has vast mineral resources. All right, so it has a lot of wealth, right? Just naturally, just from its location, just how fertile the land is, how how plentiful the land is, and how the land is 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 the source of its power, the source of its wealth. It's fascinating, right? Officially, it is a democratic, secular, unitary, constitutional republic, i.e., a dictatorship. Right? In the Soviet, in the Soviet terms, all that is great. All that sounds great on paper. But one man's been ruling it up until 2019. He's been ruling since 91. All right. So that's 30 years. One man's been the president. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. It has a very, very diverse cultural lineage. It's also a member of the, of the United Nations. It was formerly a constituent republic of the USSR. It was the first country, the first of the old Soviet republics to declare its independence after the Berlin Wall fell, and this was on December 16th, 1991. So it's a, once again, just like Ukraine, we talked about a few days ago with the Ukrainian-Russian border crisis, Ukraine is also a fairly young country. Kazakhstan was the first to declare its independence, but it's also very young. So another 91 baby, right? A, a 90s baby as a country. Let's talk about the ethnic history. Okay, now this is really interesting. Fewer than one-fifth of the more than 8 million ethnic Kazakhs live outside of Kazakhstan, mainly in Uzbekistan and Russia. All right, so if I'm slaughtering the pronunciations, I apologize. I really do. So that means most ethnic people of Kazakhstan live in Kazakhstan. There's not like Vietnamese or Cambodians, how... After the Vietnam War, many Vietnamese fled to Europe. They fled to America. Same thing in Cambodia after the Khmer Rouge. Cambodians fled. There's a huge Cambodian community in, in Long Beach, California, and in other areas. Nope. The people of Kazakhstan pretty much live there and in the surrounding countries. All right. During the 19th century, so that's the 1800s, about 400,000 Russians flooded into the country and these were supplemented by 1 million Slavs, Germans, Jews, and other groups who immigrated to the region during the first third of the 20th century. And I think we can all guess why. The country has a vast array of different resources, oil, gas, minerals. There's all type of riches in Kazakhstan. So I'm sure a lot of this mass immigration was to take advantage of the fertile land and all of its resources. And that's really common. The influx of, of immigrants forced natives off the best pastures and watered lands, leaving many tribes destitute. Sound familiar? Remember when I was talking about during Indigenous Peoples Month, the Comanche and some of the Plains tribes, how the westward push of the settlers drove them off their ancestral lands and the lands that they had been grazing, that they had been hunting on for generations? Same thing happens in other countries. It's not just in America. Indigenous people across the world have suffered this indignity. You know, they have their ancestral lands. They have the lands that they have been using, that they have been raising their families on for generations. And then outsiders come in and they start pushing them off. 
and is always chasing resources, is always trying to, you know, build a fortune up, right? Capitalism, right? Is it's sad, but that's kind of how the how history marches forward. You know, a lot of a lot of immigration occurs around natural resources. Another large influx of Slavs occurred from 1954 to 1956. So Slavs are ethnic Russians. There's a certain ethnicity in Russia. There's different, there's different ethnicities. I'm not going to go in, into all of them, but just know that Slavs is like one of the dominant ones. All right. So from 1954 to 1956, there's a, another large influx of, of immigrants. And this is a result of the Virgin and Idle Lands Project. And this project was the brainchild of Soviet Premier Nikitai Khrushchev. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. If you know anything about the Cold War, you've heard the name Khrushchev before. He is probably the most famous Russian, Soviet, whatever you want to call it, leader in history, um, especially during the Cold War. He was the man for the Soviet Union during the Cold War. Now, let's talk about the Virgin and Idle Lands Project. Now, we all know communism doesn't work. And the USSR, is, well, it was a 100% communist regime. So there's always shortages of everything, whether it be food, electricity, clothing. There's always shortages of materials, right, and goods. So in 1953... The Soviets come up with a plan to dramatically boost their agricultural production, and this is in order to alleviate a food shortage that had plagued the Soviet Union throughout the 50s, all right? Throughout the late 40s and into the 50s. So there was no food. So guess what they do? <laughs> they send immigrants, Russians and Ukrainians, into Kazakhstan to take the best agricultural and watered lands from the natives. So the project drew thousands of Russians and Ukrainians into the rich agricultural lands of northern Kazakhstan. And guess what? This resulted in the Russians almost outnumbering the Kazakhs in their own country. So you're looking around and you're like, am I in Russia or am I in Kazakhstan? And this this occurred, this is all going on in the late 80s. So from 53 to 89 to 1990, immigrants are coming into Kazakhstan to take advantage of the land, of the resources. By 1989, Kazakhs still only slightly outnumbered Russians. All right, that is freaking incredible. That type of mass immigration can really disrupt an economy. It can either disrupt it or it can boost it. And I think... The Soviet Union knew, it's like, okay, well, man, there's a lot of resources over here. We're running out of food. So we need to send some folks to help plunder the land in order to help us out, right? Independence and modern-day turmoil. All right. So as we talked about before, Kazakhstan gained independence after the fall of the Berlin Wall and the crumbling of the Soviet Union in 1991. It was the first former Soviet Republic to gain its independence. Its official constitution was adopted in 1993. Let's fast forward to the present day. The country has some of the largest oil reserves in the entire world. It is an oil giant. 
It produces 1.6 million barrels a day, and it has attracted billions and billions of dollars of foreign investments. All right. Not only does it have massive oil reserves, it also has vast minerals. So you know who's interested? China, Russia, the normal players in the region. They're all investing billions of dollars to take advantage of these resources. Guess what, though? The problem is, as usual, right, and especially some of these these post-Soviet countries, is that the wealth always stays at the top. It always does. The wealth stayed at the top. It has not trickled down to the population. The population have an average income of only 3,419 U.S. dollars per year. Let me let that... Let me compose myself. Let me let that sink in for you guys. Their average income is $3,419 US dollars per freaking year. Year. Not a month, an entire year. 12 months. So where's all that billions of dollars going? Where's all that money going? is going to the top. It's staying at the top. The leadership is keeping all that money, all those profits. That is, that is, man, God. Can you imagine, can you imagine America if, and you know, some people do complain about the politicians in America, but they are nothing compared to some of the countries in other parts of the world as far as corruption, as far as, you know, top-down wealth. All right, because can you imagine if the Congress took had like a trillion dollars coming in, you know, to let's just let's say a trillion dollars comes in and we're poor as heck. Americans are poor and all the congressmen are driving around in limos, Lamborghinis, Benzes, and no one has any cars. People are riding horses. People got motorcycles and all the rich folks are living in one part of the country and they have all the wealth. And we're like, how are we? have all this oil how do we have all these minerals but we're poor like this makes no sense and this is the plight of many people around the world is that they have so many resources at their fingertips but they have no access to it the common people can't access this wealth because it's trapped it's it's, it's hoarded it's cut off at the top right so everyone at the top is making all the money very similar situation in north korea as well for 30 years following independence, the country has been ruled by one man and one man only, Nur Sultan Nazarbayev. Nur Sultan Nazarbayev. Now, I know I'm slaughtering his name, and I'm sorry. He is a former Communist Party Politburo member with strong ties to Russian President Vladimir Putin. So, essentially... The country is basically still a Russian satellite state. So let me describe what the Politburo is. Basically, it is a board of directors. So just imagine like a major corporation, right? So you got, let's say Meta, right? Meta, aka Facebook. You got Mark Zuckerberg. Obviously, he's a figurehead. He's a leader. But then obviously, you have a board. You have a board of directors. And the Politburo is basically that, an old communist USSR. 
It's just a board of very, very powerful politicians. So the 30-year dictator slash president of Kazakhstan, Nuristan Nazarbayev, was a former Politburo member. He was sitting on the board of the Soviet Union, Union, and now he runs Kazakhstan. Well, he did run it up until 2019. So from 91 to 2019, this guy was the president. He ignored calls for more transparency in government and more democratic systems. Instead, he focused on economic reforms. Public protests in Kazakhstan are illegal without government permits, and previous strikes and demonstrations had been crushed brutally. So he wasn't playing around. If you try to protest without a permit, you go to jail or you get killed. There's no in-between. And of course, the government's not going to give you a, a freaking permit to protest them. So basically, there's no protesting. It's not allowed. There's no ability to speak up, to stand up for human rights. The president even erected statues of himself all over the country, and he built a new capital, Aslana, which was later renamed Nur Sultan in his honor. <laughs> so... He built statues of himself everywhere. Just imagine you came home and your wife or husband has statues of themselves all over the house. You're like, wow, egotistical much? Like, <laughs> vain, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's what he did. He built statues of himself and then he named the capital in his honor. Nazarbayev stepped down in, in 2019 and he made way for the current president, which I can't pronounce his name, Tukayev. Kasim Yomart Katayev. Whew, I slaughtered that. Tokayev. Yeah, I think it's Tokayev. Hmm. So, what's going on currently? If you're wondering, that's why you guys are tuning in. Oil and turmoil. What's going on currently? So, right now, as we speak, demonstra demonstrations started on January 2nd. And it started in a town that's an oil hub. And uh, this this town was the center of other protests in the past. It's called Zanozen, right? <laughs> I slaughtered that too. Zanozen, and it's an oil hub, and it's the exact site of deadly battles between protesters and the police a little over 10 years ago. So there had been protests 10 years ago, and uh, they were crushed 10 years ago. And it seems like this town is like a thorn in the government's side. They're always having protests. They're always having mini uprising, uprisings, and it's an oil hub. So you can kind of understand why. All this wealth is coming through this town, and the people are seeing this daily, right? All these barrels of oil, all this foreign investment, and they're like, where is our money? Where is our piece of the pie? So it makes sense that all these protests are coming from this one particular town, at least starting in this town, because they are a hub of wealth, except the wealth isn't going to the people, right? It all started when the government lifted price controls on liquefied petroleum gas, LPG, liquid, liquefied petroleum gas at the start of the year. Many people have converted their cars to run on the fuel because, because of its low cost. So... The government has lifted price control. So what they had done was they had made sure that the price of LPG, liquefied petroleum gas, remained low by putting a cap on it. By putting a cap on it, they ensured that the people 
could afford to buy gas for their cars to get around. But for some reason, some bonehead, some idiot in the government decided, you know what? Let's lift these caps. Now, when you lift the caps, the price is going to skyrocket, right? And that's what started the protest. The people are like, yo, we converted our cars to run on LPG. And this is the only thing basically we can afford. We only make $3,000 a year. We can barely afford to live. We need this gas to get around. But then you guys want to lift the, the, the cap, you know, the government controlled cap on the oil prices. We can't afford it anymore. This is no fair, right? The government said the price cap was leading to LPG shortages and it could no longer afford to boost supplies. The decision virtually doubled the price overnight. So all of a sudden, you're going to the going to the grocery store, going to the gas station, and gas is $3, like it is in Houston, right? Almost $3. The next day, the price is $6. Just like that. Literally, you wake up, the next day it's $6. You can't afford that. I can't afford $6 a gallon. Can you? And when you're making only $3,000 a year, yeah, that's no good. So that's how the protest started. All right. There's always been long-standing tension over a multitude of issues. And this was just the straw that broke the camel's back, including endemic corruption in government, income inequality, and economic hardship. And all of these got worse during the pandemic. Obviously, during the COVID-19 pandemic, it got even worse. All this tension got even worse. All the issues that they had before COVID, they got way bigger, all right? COVID made everything worse. Protests soon spread across the country. The information ministry reports 44 deaths. Earlier, it had placed the number at 164, but it walked that back, (laughs) calling it a quote-unquote tentacle mistake. Yeah, right. Who knows what the real numbers are? Security forces admit that protesters were killed in Almaty during the clashes. That's the uh, country's largest city. Police say that protesters tried to take control of the police stations and the government buildings in the city. Mm, yeah, okay. President Tokalev said, quote, 20,000 bandits. 20,000 bandits? Really? So so you're telling me that, that the people, these quote-unquote bandits, there are 20,000 of them, right? So they're not the regular citizenry. They're bandits. They had attacked the city. He said that many were Islamic militants who had been trained abroad but did not name any specific groups because he was making it up. That's why. The president, during a televised address to the nation on Friday, said he has ordered security forces to kill without warning. That's a direct quote. To crush the violent protests. So far, about 1,000 people have reportedly been injured. More than 8,000 people have been detained. Curfews have been declared and mass gatherings are now banned. So these 20,000 bandits, a.k.a. the people of the country, are not trained Islamic militants. They're sick and tired of being oppressed. They're sick and tired of the corruption. They're sick and tired of seeing the country get rich and they don't see a dime. And that's why they're, they're rising up. That's why they're protesting. And they should continue the protest for their rights because that is bull crap. How is Russia getting involved? So we all see pictures of Russian troops on the news. Russian paratroopers have been sent to Kazakhstan at the request of the president to help stabilize the country. 
They were sent under the authority of the Collective Security Treaty Organization, or the CSTO, which is a group of countries comprising of Russia, Kazakhstan, Belarus, Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, and Armenia, which was set up after the fall of the Soviet Union. Of the Soviet Union. So that CSTO is basically a group of Soviet, former Soviet republics, basically. Basically, Russia and their sidekicks in government. The people hate it. But as far as government-wise, yeah, they're all in cahoots together. They're all in each other's pocket. 2,500 soldiers from multiple countries and a CSTO have been deployed, most of them from Russia. The CTSO claims that the troops are a quote-unquote peacekeeping force which will protect, protect state and military installations such as gas pipelines, Russian military bases, and the Russian space station. So what happens now? Well, there's been some concessions, which is good. The National Security Committee says the situation in Almaty has stabilized and that security forces have restored control. As a concession, which is good that they're working with them, the government has delayed removing the price cap on LPG, liquefied petroleum gas, ordering the prices of all vehicle fuel to be regulated for six months. Okay, that's good. All right, so he put the cap back on. So they're not going to remove the cap um, like they did previously. They're going to they're gonna walk that back, and they're going to have the price stabilized, which is what the protests were really about in the first place. And they also sacked a bunch of people. They fired a bunch of ministers. Multiple ministers, government ministers, have been fired. The president said the government had failed to carry out, quote, one of its main tasks, keeping inflation in check. So what they did was they were like, all right, someone's head's got a roll for these protests. They fired a bunch of ministers within the government that were responsible for making the decision to remove the price cap on gas, on, on LPG. So they're saying synopsis of what's going on in Kazakhstan. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. I know I did. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Have a great weekend. Remember, stay positive. Put God first in your life. All right. Don't let anyone tell you what you can't do. What we're going to do is we're going to close out with more dope music from 7Gen. I like him. <laughs> I got his album. I don't know what the heck he's saying, but I got his album, so I'ma tune in, I'ma listen to him today. God bless y'all. Ape out. Birguni junele oy geldim ara, bulaçayın aykıl baran. Ukpayla oy cazganım din mangızı bolso jalgan. Bekir ubakta alsam, eğer düşün boy kalsa çoğun day boluşu delimin kuyun emin suğurmandarda. Çak basta gotu oralasan çok bolso bu zirde. Oğam en günülü bol oyn, meyene cetpesi. Oğam en günülü bol oyn, eğer de tepesi. Özündü gıynava çoğun oytu alı ekkesi. Ömür boyu şul rap menen akça taup geletti gen oyn bolso. Vay anti boylu boğun, akça tapkan delimes min gıynal vay sep desem. Gezde oldu, yevir gezdir de bol oldu Bürak antik canım bir bağayın Degen uyum coğla tonun çok kusuna barayın Degen ele boyunca Kıymıldap gürümün cezamın Tamaşalap gülümün cezamın En baş kısır o gürük Ape out God bless you Stay safe